Liz Lamping here, PHRA's Executive Director. Welcome to P4, People, Purpose, Passion, Pittsburgh. P4 is brought to you by our members and sponsors, Latitude and the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. We appreciate their support and we will hear from them throughout the podcast, beginning with the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. Especially in times of uncertainty and challenge, America needs exceptional leaders to guide our healthcare institutions. The highly ranked executive MBA in healthcare at the Joseph M. Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh is designed to empower and enable leaders to think critically, make informed decisions, and inspire confidence. Forge your path into healthcare innovation by visiting business.pit.edu slash EMBA healthcare. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be here today. My name is Ron Kubitz. I'm the Director of Recruitment for St. Barnabas Health System. Uh, and more importantly, for this conversation, proud member of the Pittsburgh Human Resource Association, active on the Board of Directors and multiple committees. And I'm excited to be here today as we are going to bring you the second special podcast uh, as relating to our upcoming conference. This is our second keynote edition of our podcast, P4 which stands for, of course, People, Purpose, Passion, and Pittsburgh. Uh, as a reminder, again, our conference is our 75th anniversary conference this year, and it'll be coming up very shortly uh, at the Hilton Cranberry, Double Tree by Hilton Cranberry, September 26th and 27th. And we're going to be entitling it this year, Facing the Future Together. And again, being it's the 75th anniversary, we're Really looking forward to uh, bigger and better things. It's going to be an exciting uh, conference. So as I said, this is the second of two podcasts uh, highlighting our keynote presentations. Uh, and today we are really honored to welcome a great group of uh, keynote presenters that will be highlighting our conference. Um, so I will introduce them quickly here in, uh, in just the order that I have them. Uh, first, we have Jim Rooney. Uh, published author, consultant, and a speaker, not only with obviously Pittsburgh ties, but uh, national, international ties. And he, along with Jeremy Dory, will speak on using sports as the example, uh, bringing the discussion of diversity and inclusion to your organization. Uh, also with us on the podcast today, Sarah Schulting-Krantz. She's a sought-after teacher, retreat organizer, and keynote speaker. Uh, we welcome her, and she's going to speak about mastering the art of emotional and mental resilience, how to shape deeper relationships and create happiness. And I know she just um, came from one of her retreats, it sounds like, at, at 3 a.m., so we, we welcome her. And certainly, uh, last but not least, we have uh, Ardana A.J. Uh, Jefferson. She is the CEO of the Homeless Children's Education Fund. Uh, and she will speak of nurturing your soul through work-life harmony. Uh, welcome to her. And I see her all over the place here now in, in the news and, uh, you know, with her role here locally in Pittsburgh. And it's really great to have the three of you together today uh, because really you're, even though you're from different uh, upbringings and backgrounds, you're really speaking about a lot of the same issues. And that is when either yourself or other people have setbacks or problems in life, uh, you know, that that people or yourselves personally may encounter, you can't let them defeat you. You basically have to transform these setbacks into, you know, strengths, into positives. And all three of you really have dealt with that. So 
we're going to start one by one. Uh, we'll start with you, Jim, just maybe a little bit about your background and uh, what your keynote's going to be on. Absolutely. And uh, it's it's really a pleasure to be here with you, Ron, and, and Sarah and AJ. So thank you so much uh, for having me. So I am going to be joined by my partner, Jeremy Duru. And Jeremy is one of the uh, leading civil rights attorneys in the sports industry. Uh, in addition to some of the work that, that he and I have done together, uh, he's been one of the leaders in the um, equity pay battle for women and particularly the um, U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. And so it's it's just been a pleasure the last five years, I guess, Jeremy and I have, have been kind of doing this little road show together. Obviously, a lot of it has been done on Zoom since it's been through these, these past five years. But we, we as you, you kind of highlighted, we talk a lot about examples from the sports world, the sports industry. Um, we think it's a place that, that makes so much sense for business because you have competition, you have strategy, you have teamwork, sort of all right in front of folks you know, on television or in an arena. And, and you can see so many of the different aspects of, of what makes you know, a, a highly successful organization work. Um, and, and, and you get to see the outputs because there's a scoreboard. Um, so it's, it's right in front of you. But there's also a, a history that is both, uh, well, I think it's all powerful, but, but that really shows examples of, of, you know, us moving towards a more diverse, integrated, as it was called in, in some of these early days, uh, and 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 hopefully welcoming society amongst teams, but but you also look at, in so many ways, um, you know, when it comes to race, when it comes to gender, um, and when it comes to sexual orientation, the places, um, particularly in leadership positions, whether it's the quarterback of a football team, the coach of a team, or you know, getting into the the presidents and chief executives. Um, you know, there's 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 a clear lack of um, commitment to and 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 really opportunity, I think, for um, you know folks who who come from from different minority backgrounds. And so so why don't we learn some of the lessons that we've seen on the field? Where where if you look at at a whole host of of teams, and I obviously use the Steelers as one of the the prime examples, but um, you know, the, the teams that have embraced diversity earlier and and I would say more true, which is a hard thing to measure, um, you know, you, you see the outcomes have been more effective. And so Jeremy and I talk a lot about that. Um, I get, in, I'm excited in Pittsburgh because one of the the key people that I talk about in the story beyond my father, who who is the gentleman who invented the Rooney Rule, we talk about the strengths and weaknesses of the Rooney Rule, but as a gentleman named Bill Nunn, and um, Bill was one of the first African-American uh, scouts in the NFL. He really transformed the entire NFL, but but the, the great Steeler teams really came about because Bill was willing to go to the HBCUs and bring players that no one else was recruiting, no one else really even knew about. And, you know, our organization, our team you know, had a, such a significant advantage because, you know, Bill was looking at a pool of talent that no one else was. So that's, there's probably a little more than we needed in terms of a, of a, of a, you know, quick highlight there, but, but uh, we're really excited uh, about being there with, with everyone uh, in September. 
Well, great. And we're certainly looking forward to the special keynote for our 75th anniversary with uh, yourself and Jeremy. And I uh, certainly expect a uh, Hall of Fame uh, presentation amongst the uh, Hall of Famers that uh, you had mentioned as well earlier. Uh, Sarah, uh, do you want to give us a little background on yourself as well and your presentation? Absolutely. It's great to meet all of you. Thank you for having me here. I did just uh, return at 3 a.m. this morning from my own. It was a personal retreat that I do every single year. I was climbing the highest peaks of Southern California, route finding. So out there for eight days, it was really exciting. Um, a little bit about myself. My name is Sarah Shelton Kranz. I am a single mom of three sons and I have lived through an awful lot. Much, much trauma about 10 years ago. What I found through my own trauma, mainly betrayal relational trauma, which has to do with the keynote that I'm obviously gonna be speaking on, the Mastering the Art of Emotional and Mental Resilience is, how to use the things that we have lived through in order to become leaders, self-leaders, right? And then to also build the life that we ultimately want. How do we find a different version of ourself uh, living through the things that we have? Every single one of us has lived through trauma. Every single one of us has lived through something. If it's something that is, you know, uh, not quite as large as mine, uh, but all of us have, especially over the last few years. And so what I speak a lot on is the mastering the art of resilience and how do we use those things that we have lived through to become, like I said, better leaders and uh, and to be able to develop the life that we ultimately want, not only for ourselves, but for those people around us, right? And so I think one of the things that we have really, really been having an issue with lately is belonging. It is one of those things, those hot topics that everybody is, where do I belong? When I went through everything 10 years ago, I was, I used to be a teacher and all of a sudden I find myself as a single mom of three kids which which is really interesting, Jim, because my son plays water polo for USC. He's he's the co-captain of the water polo team. And so, you know, how do we use those things that that we are living through as parents, as leaders, as mentors, as teachers uh, within the workplace, within the home front to also create a better foundation for our children and those people that are that are going to literally be rising up behind us. Right. And so um, where I found mine was in adventuring. I started paddling the ocean. I was paddling with whales and dolphins. I started climbing mountains. I started, you know, finding this new version of myself out in nature that I never knew was there, which has been a, the coolest thing, pulling back the layers and then finding myself all of a sudden, literally four days ago, hanging on the second most dangerous peak in Southern California, route finding through the highest mountains. I never imagined. And so what I did through my through my own exploration of self was start leading retreats in the Grand Canyon and guiding other people, men and women, through their own self-exploration. So I've taken leaders from, you know, New Balance to, you know, 16-year-old young men that are finding their own way in life. And they're looking at me like, wow, this is what I this is how I can actually live. I don't have to follow the same footprints as everybody else. I can be own, become my own self-leader and uh and and ultimately live how i like i said like how i choose and so it's been really cool i am also an author of a book walk through this harness the healing power of nature and travel the road to forgiveness i've done a ted talk on forgiveness i now keynote on resilience belonging mental and emotional resilience and i gotta say it's been the most amazing journey the last 10 years i just turned 50 so you know, congratulations, happy birthday to you, AJ. I think that growing older is growing younger and wiser and there's nothing like it. And so why don't we use our experiences to help others? And um, I think it's the most beautiful thing, thing that we can do. And so that's why I'm here and I'm excited. I'm so excited to get on the stage and to show all of you also 
the things that I have experienced out in the wild so that people can bring this and allow others to, you know, bring other people into their space of leadership, self-leadership, resilience, and truly belonging in this world. Well, you certainly have had some fascinating experiences, and uh, we're looking forward to the excellent presentation and, and welcome you. you here. Even though I will have to say you're making me sound a little bit, uh, I'm getting tired with all that you've accomplished. I'm like, geez, <laughs> I think I, I walked up Mount Washington uh, here in Pittsburgh uh, maybe once. But uh, Well, <laughs> I have, I, I got to say this last trip um, out there for eight days presented a few different difficulties that I was not anticipating. Uh, if any of you know the alpinist, uh, if you've uh, watched that documentary, Brett Harrington, I uh, was talking to her afterwards. Her, she lost her her partner uh, out in the Alpine. He was an alpinist. And and I was messaging her yesterday and I said, oh, it's a little bit more difficult than I anticipated. Uh, and I will say that I'm excited to bring some of the learnings, especially the leadership learnings to this group, uh, because there were definitely some things uh, that that honed in with me on this last seven, eight days out there. That's why I do it is because I explore and then I bring it back to everybody else as, as, you know, metaphorical lessons for all of us. So it's well, cool. Great. And we're looking forward to it as well. Thank and uh, AJ, I know you have a fascinating story as well. So a little bit about yourself and, and your presentation. Well, the first thing I want to say is thank you, Ron, for letting me go after Sarah. I appreciate <laughs> that greatly. I'm Sarah, sorry. I no, do. Uh, and turning 50 and it's not next week it's the week after. So I'm turning 50. So I'm a part of the 50 club. So great to know you and also great to know you too, Jim. Thank you for sharing uh, exciting topics that you both are going to talk about. And I'm humbled to be a part of the keynote speaker group. My name is AJ Jefferson. As Ron said, I'm the CEO of Homeless Children's Education Fund. I've been leading that organization for the last year and a half. But in leading that organization, what I found is my voice in self-care, right? And all of these 50 years of experiences of ups and downs, um, coming to lead this organization and realizing at some point that we were homeless, coming to lead this organization and, and really becoming very aware, self-aware of all of the ups and downs that I've gone through, it helped synthesize for me just a talk that I have with my mentor, with my mentees, with anyone around me. And that talk is so is definitely around nurturing your soul through work-life balance. But I start off by saying, there's no such thing as work-life balance. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I am a self-proclaimed workaholic. And I've always loved what I, what I do. I've always loved what I've done. Um, but it can become askew, right? You can put too much into what you do from a work and a professional standpoint. And so what I talk about a lot is work-life integration. I had this wonderful opportunity yesterday to talk uh, with some women at the WLC, the United Way's Women's Leadership Council. Um, and we were all bemoaning about, you know, the things that we're responsible for and how do we manage all of these things. And again, I introduced this concept of work-life integration, taking the things that bring you the most joy, taking the things that lighten your load, that make your shoulders relaxed, that take the tension out of your day and infusing them 
in your everyday life and really being unapologetic about structuring your life to make sure that you're infusing work-life integration in your life. So I give six tips, six specific tips to the audience um, on how to start developing your own roadmap to work-life integration. You know, it starts off with a goal and identifying what your overall goal is. I know after reading a book about two years ago, the book was Circle Maker, I identified several different goals that focus not only just the goal, but the output versus the time spent getting to the output. What was that one thing that I wanted to create that made me happy in my home? And that one thing, much like Sarah, I'm a single parent of a young man who has autism. And sometimes he probably thinks I'm the most uncool mom in the world. But the one thing that I wanted to, that this was my goal. My goal was for my son at some point to turn to me and say, mom, I like you. Not I love you because I know he loves me, but I like you. I like the decisions that you make. I like what we do together as a family. I like what you do um, in your career and in your job. I like you, mom. And so I had an opportunity a couple of months ago to achieve that goal, him turning to me and saying, mom, I like you. Now that doesn't happen every single day, but it happened that one day and I made sure it was cemented in our minds. But we're gonna talk through, what are those tips to get you on a road to thinking about work-life integration? What are some easy things that you can do in your day that help you relax? What are the parameters you can set around your work time that ensures that you have personal time and that it not spill into each other's buckets? So that's what we're gonna talk about when I have the chance to, to stand up and talk in front of your group. Well, thank you very much. And again, we're very excited. And, you know, I've been uh, part of the conference for many, many years now. And honestly, listening to uh, the three of you and uh, you know, the other presenters that I know that we are having, uh, I've never been more excited about the conference. We're, we're really looking forward to it. So those of you watching the podcast, if you haven't uh, registered yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. So um, very quickly, because uh, I know we're up against the clock, I'm just going to ask one final question and maybe give a minute or two uh, answer. We'll start with you, Jim. But uh, Obviously, it's an HR conference. So what, in your opinion, is maybe the, the best way that uh, HR can drive change, whether it's in their company or with their with their workforce? Uh, we'll start with you briefly, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we talk a lot about culture, strategy and, and um, you know, um, leadership. You know, these are all these are all people and, and you know, what are we doing with people to make sure that they feel safe, they feel satisfied, and they feel effective? And and I love the word we we all use it, but Sarah used it so well before. Belonging, are we creating a sense where everyone really feels that sense of being welcomed and belong? I I know that that maybe now sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, if if you create that environment, uh, I think you can drive change very effectively. Yeah, and I would agree, especially in today's. Uh your workplace, the, the market, the way it is. Uh, Sarah, your thoughts? I'm going to go right from that one. Exactly. I think I know that the that the space of belonging is huge. And I know that from my own personal life. Now in my professional life, I had when I'm guiding or when I'm out in the mountains, for example, this last trip, there were three of us and we all took a leadership role. 
We all watched out for one another. We all asked, are you safe? Do you need anything? How can, what, what voice can you bring to this team, right? Because you are ultimately a team. And when we allow everybody to lead, to find that space within themselves, to be their own personal guide, imagine what we can do. It's all there. Uh, and I have many, <laughs> many experiences from that last trip where I was like right on the edge of that mountain sitting there saying, okay, you know, it's, we are a team and we have to be able to climb this together. And so I'm excited to speak with that, speak into that as well. Well, great. Uh, AJ? quickly, I think we all said it is, um, you know, belonging, uh, getting our employees to open up and being their authentic self. For me, it's creating the experience, right? And, and, and really connecting with our employees and making sure that their overall experience at work and during working hours is exciting. It's tolerable. It's respectful. It's everything that they need to have in an environment to make them productive. You know, I came into an organization that did not have an, a dedicated HR department, and I'm building that dedicated HR department right now. And I'm building it based off of employee surveys and, a, and an audit and just sitting down and talking with my employees and identifying what their needs are. You know, one person's needs are different than another person's needs. And I think just the act of me as the acting HR person with my administrative coordinator, sitting down and talking with our employees from a human to human standpoint, not from a metric standpoint, but from a, I want to know you, I want to understand you. I want to hear what you need in this environment to make you the most productive and the most satisfied. I think that is what's needed from HR. And when I was speaking with some of the members of WLC, that is what they were desperately crying for is supervisors, HR sit down and talk with them and, and really understand what they're going through day in and day out. And how do we change that environment in that organization or in that corporate culture? Well, thank you. And it sounds like you're certainly going through the process at the HCEF the, the right way and uh, look forward to even more exciting things uh, from the from the fund. So uh, again, September 26th and 27th, the 75th Annual PHRA Conference. You get to hear all these great keynote speakers, plus many other great speakers as well. Uh, you can go to the website for the PHRA, uh, pittsburghhra.org, uh, um, pittsburghhumanresource.org. You can go on LinkedIn. There are many different places you'll see. Uh, again, you can reach out to anybody with the PHRA directly, and we can give you more information as well. So, Jim, Sarah, uh, AJ, we certainly appreciate your time. I look forward to personally uh, meeting you at the conference, and it was uh, certainly an honor getting to uh, do this podcast, and uh, hope everybody that's listening uh, has enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. People do matter, and at the end of the day, we cannot get any work done if we don't have the right people in place. Are your people connected? Latitude is the one-stop shop people connection software platform. Our software workshops and programming facilitate new employee onboarding, manager 101s, stay interviews, mentorship programs, and peer networking to increase retention, engagement, satisfaction, productivity, profitability, and happiness. Imagine a technology that intersects your calendar with LinkedIn, Zoom, Google Docs, and your CRM. Contact Latitude today to schedule a conversation.
The PHRA P4 podcast was created to help build HR readers through discussions with thought and business leaders on the most critical success factor of any business, its people. If you enjoy an episode, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast and providing us a rating. We would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode, tag PHRA, and share it with your followers. Until next time, thank you.